Welcome to Rap In Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Welcome to another episode of Rap In Order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Torian V. We got that Aviles guy here. Yep. Doing his best Elon impersonation from, from the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. To join that blunt. <laughs> and um, how, how was you guys today? Yeah. That was a blunt? I thought it was a joint. No, it was a blunt. Oh, because oh. yeah. why? Well, admittedly, I didn't watch the episode. I saw just the um, the memes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. How you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm having like uh, I'm I'm kind of sad now because Gen V finally the season finale happened. So now I'm just like wondering like oh man, what's going to happen in the boys? Yeah. So um, for you guys that don't follow, uh, Gen V takes place in the world of the boys, the the prime um prime video show original. Um, which is and it's going on its fourth season. Homelander, mm-hmm. still, still a fucking purge, still crazy. Um, but Gen V is it take it has a really interesting take, right? Like the first episode, kind of without giving everything away. First episode kind of puts you in that world immediately because it shows you this black family's reaction to uh, the Super Seven getting um, a black person, right? Mm-hmm. So like them, it shows you from like. A flashback of like them watching a train get acclimated into the seven and um and then it kind of just goes from there have you watched any episode no 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 that's why i'm gonna ask I'm, okay i'm okay with spoilers but uh yeah yeah questions but, yeah like, from that point of view okay well you already okay. answered one yeah so it's cool because it shows you that and then it just gives you present time of like so you're watching already knowing that it takes place in that world so it's kind of fly. And um, they had their season finale the other day. Oh, um, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's son is in it. He's like one of the stars. Um, oh, that is him. Yeah, Patrick. Okay. Um, One of the other stars, and I'm really mad because she was in a movie that came out during the pandemic. Um, The the, the lead girl. Oh, Marie. Yeah, Marie. She was in like a Morris Chestnut movie. No, I'm sorry. The movie with Michael Ely, where, where him and like Luke Cage is in it. <laughs> um. I know Mike, Mike Mike Talter, Talter, it's one of it's one of those really it's one of those bad movies that came out during the pandemic. Like I watched it and thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like I started watching it and fell asleep. Mike Coulter and um Michael E. What's Marie's real name? I think it's um uh it's not with an S. I know that. Oh, that was her in the in the Fatal movie? Yeah, that's her. With um if you would have said Hillary Swank, I'd Hillary Swank. Yeah, and Hillary Swank, yeah. She oh, he's, she she's Michael Ely's wife in the movie. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Damn, that was her? Yeah. Yeah, no, she's fire. Yeah, um, I really like what they did. It kind of expanded on like how Vot like runs things and like shows like uh I was I, like when they first said that, I thought it was gonna be like how in the comic book the comic book pretty much made them the X Men. Yeah, but is is they have like elements of that, but like they kind of stared away from it. So I thought that that was really cool too. Um, but for the most part, like I, I really like it. I don't I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. I want you guys to watch it. But like uh, I'm really mad that it was only eight episodes. Um, with it being set of more teenagers, is it still just as? Yes. 
fucked up. Yeah. All right. It's yeah, it's very fucked up. Alright. It's kinda in the vein of um you can see the X Men influence because they're like in this school yeah. that's presumably supposed to like teach them about their powers or whatever, but you yeah. never really see that side of it. I, I love that uh they've gone the route because we've as comic book fans, um in the comic books, there's always real pieces of shit. There's a lot of shit you don't see in Marvel movies, DC movies, and and prior um comic book iterations than this because just think about it with all the complexities and people's you know uh different mentalities egos personalities mental states people having powers and all this many people having powers might not be the best idea because mm-hmm. the fucked up shit that happens throughout the boys yeah. To then transfer over into this. And the only thing I think we're getting in the same realm even is uh Invincible. Yeah. Which is coming with the second season. Mm-hmm. Well it's out. The first the, the first the first episode already premiered is out. Okay. But yeah, um with with Gen v, there's a lot that they show that I'm just like, wow, this is this is a lot. But um I, I like what it, it shows that like everyone's not gonna become a superhero that has superpowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's they some of them get jobs doing other real jobs just that they have superpowers while doing a job. And I think that was cool too that they depicted that. So, you know, um like I said, it was really cool. I don't I don't want to give away too much. Um but um also I wanted to to talk about uh I've been listening to Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff's podcast. Mm-hmm. It's called Class of eighty eight. Because that uh, many people consider nineteen eighty eight the first great year in hip hop. So with that being said, like that was the year, like you know, um, the the, the we got, there was the first hip hop Grammy, uh, you know, um, the the adventures of a slick Rick, Salt and Pepper was big. Rakim and and Eric B became huge household names and everything. Um, Big Daddy Kane and the Juice Crew, like he pretty much became like he came out like his, it was his coming out party from the Juice Crew and everything like that. There was so many things that happened in 1988, like pretty much Run DMC became corny. Mm-hmm. that year like to some people I, I but i'm just saying like there was so much that happened that year in 1988 that like changed the face of hip-hop that 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 pretty much made it a big deal <sighs> but yes it, it basically he basically interviews like all of the major players from 1988 so he interviews salt and pepper he interviews dmc he interviews um eric b and rakim but separately um like he interviews uh i saw that who else who else did he interview um, him and Jazzy Jeff have some like really good stories, mm-hmm. like that they talk about. Um, LL Cool interview, like all of those, all of those rappers who were prominent at that time, and it's really funny because like all of them toured together, and pretty much all of them were like managed by Russell. They were either managed by Russell Simmons or they were all signed to Def Jam. Yeah, so they all like did like did all of this stuff together, and they were just all these teenagers becoming millionaires. Mm-hmm. And pretty much like just living their lives, like going like traveling the world and like pretty much introducing this new brand of music. I saw the clip of um Will Smith talking to talking to Salt and Pepper about like oh, yeah. the date that um that they went on. Mm-hmm. Like it was right after or before she was dating Tretch. I forget what it was. Yeah, like he 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 took her on a date and her and Tretch were broken up at that time. And he was trying to like impress her and and it was funny because like he gave oh shit, just drop a shot right there. He gave a homeless person um a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To stunt yeah, yeah. in front of her and shit like that, and it was just like this really random like. She was like, "You were so nice. You yeah. were so nice." <laughs> she, she, I bet mean, I, I know so that she be kicking herself like you could have had Will Smith girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, 
pepper. No, is it pepper? Pepper. Yeah, I know salt be like yo. Yeah, like he was he was on you. Like, yeah. You know, so yeah, um, it, it was just it's it's a good listen, and like I I see that you know Will Smith is kind of like pivoting, doing some things where like where he's he's I don't know I like like before finding people that he was a rapper. Yeah, and I think that that's really cool because also it made me go back and listen to that project, and it's funny like he told the story like you know they they said all right parents just don't understand has to be the lead single, but they had another single. That was he was like really rapping, rapping, but like we never hear that. And then like you know the video is the pretty much the same backdrop as the Fresh Prince um of Bel Air um opening, and like we just think like oh man like yeah like kid shit you know white background with crayons and shit like that, mm-hmm. but like Will really like wanted to like be respected as an MC and as a rapper, but that just wasn't in the cards for him. I think like he absolutely made the right choice, but it sucked that like in, in early in rap like. Anytime you did something, it, it was funny how, like, I never thought that Salt and Pepper were commercial, but, like, they were deemed commercial. And so, and that was their bond, too. Like, DJ Jazz, Jazzy Jeff and, and Will Smith were deemed commercial. Yeah. Even though Jazzy Jeff was pretty arguably the best DJ in the world. Mm-hmm. But they were deemed corny and they were deemed sellouts because white people liked them. They were crossing over onto the pop charts. And, Not personally. Yeah. And, like, that's just, it's just is what it is, but, like, for me, like, it was just hard to wrap my mind around, so I was like, they were a female group, like, why were they even being judged so hard, but then you have Queen Latifah, who was also interviewed, and they talked to her, like, they had a good conversation with her, like, it just, it's just hard to, like, understand that now, like, because, you know, like, they're always getting honored, they're always being celebrated, always being mentioned, but, yeah, like, like, finding out, like, damn, like, they're pretty much being treated like outcasts, mm-hmm. and, like, all they're doing is just trying to make music and have a good time. But I was when because, you know, a badge of honor in hip hop was being underground and not yeah. being on the you know radio and hard to find and shit like that. It was just a good listen. Y'all know that that pulled on my heartstrings. I'm something a, I really like. Definitely check it out. How many episodes is it? Maybe Eight. like ten? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Cause I do I am interested. I do like to see Will kind of like getting back in that in that realm of like he's being he's, despite all he's, the bullshit going human. on in the press with him, mm-hmm. um, and, and his wife and everything like that, like him just r- reminding the masses, like, yo, this is how it started. Like, this yeah. is where... And being human, bro. Yeah. Like, think about it. Like, I think... Well, like, most of his interviews and stuff like that, when he would talk, like, on, on this podcast, like, he's cursing. Like, he's being completely just regular. Like, normal Will Smith and is, is actually pretty gold. So, took him getting in his 50s to do that, which is crazy. But, like, now, you know, seeing him be himself is nice. Yeah, cool. I think so. I think, I think social media has changed things and, like, how, like, celebrities can be. I think there was a prototype at one point, and Will just like, like stayed in it. And I think now, like things are a little bit more like relaxed and like laid back. I think there's also the comments roll off his after project because I feel like normally he's usually all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, nah, if you follow him on Instagram, he's pushing this like crazy. Well, yeah, but I, I guess in other times of him promoting things, it's it's more um, spoken about. I guess. Yeah. I, I like this okay. First, he don't first time. No, I think it. I knew supposedly they had a podcast in the works, but he had been. He has over like ten million followers on Instagram. So, in my, my opinion, I'm thinking he's like sixty something million. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry, sixty something. He he kind of don't need to like even like he's like right. I got like <laughs> you got sixty million followers. You don't need to talk to any other outlet. Like you are the outlet. So yeah, but um, let's get into this album. We picked this album especially especially for Danny. Yeah, we did. Um, so this album that we're getting into today came out funny enough, and I didn't I don't know why I paused for um 
I didn't think about the fact that this came out in the like golden age of like rap, one of the best years for rap music. This also it just doesn't get brought up when people talk about that year. You know, you talk about Lauren Hill, you talk about DMX dropping twice, you talk about all these, you talk about Jay Z selling yeah. five mil. Um, but in that that realm or in that roster of albums that dropped that year is this one where and I'm talking about Don Cartagena. Don Cartagena is Fat Joe's third studio album. Came out September 1st, 1998. Um, and this was a really big release for him. You know, you had Big Pun all over this album. You had um you had the Terror Squad, you know, you had production from Marley Marl, you had DJ Premier, you had Buckwild, you had Ski, the Beat Nuts, like Max Ham. Mel, Dame Reese, like he had, he had some really, really big names on this album, and um, and he stepped it up a, another level, but um, rap wise, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can kind of, you know, it's always said behind the scenes like yo, Fat Joe's here for music. It's one of those things we always mm-hmm. heard. Fat Joe's here for music is amazing, and same thing we hear about Rick Ross, right? Rick Ross here for music is crazy. Um, and when I did the revisit of this album, I was like. Fuck, man like everything is put together so well for this album um and i admittedly didn't sit with this album for that long back then um because in the midst of all the albums that dropped around this time frame this just wasn't in my rotation like that but on the re-listen it was a really really enjoyable experience but um i want to get to like why you thought that uh we should uh, revisit this one why did you pick this one um, but honestly, I feel like me and Torin have spoken about doing this album a couple times, um, about wanting to do a Fat Joe album in general. I think uh, the way Fat Joe's aged in hip-hop is really, I don't think there's anything uh, like it. We've seen him since he was 17 with Flojo, mm-hmm. um, Breakout. He went on from, uh, I think it was Relativity, to uh, start... Uh, Terror Squad with Atlantic. Um, and he had put out solid work before this. He had two projects that were well-received before this. Uh, that was one of them. And I forgot his first one. Uh, Represent was his first album. Um, so Joe has been in every era of hip-hop since he was 17. And has been able to transition every so often. He, meant he For a little while, he disappeared for a while, he'd come back. Joe stays with a hit. What a banger, yeah. You know, he's hip-hop to the essence through graffiti and, and everything, and his just... His proof. Part of digging in the crates. Yeah, digging in the crates. Um, He's a New York icon. Mm-hmm. I think he transcends hip-hop in New York. He does, I agree. And I think he's very slept on, and I, I, I think, uh, I think his way he's aged should be studied, and um, I think Joe is just that that dude, really, and, it, and it's really uh, shown over time. Yeah. Um. So, I mentioned '98 and '98 being so big for hip hop. Um. Did you were you in tune with this album back then? Or Absolutely. I'm from El Barrio, Spanish album. So for me, like this album was played like. This album was played a lot when it came out, and um, I was already like a big Joe fan because I mean, big Joe, fat Joe fan, because like in at the Apollo, like he like won, he like broke a record for like winning on amateur night, 
Like, so, like, you know, that was, like, a big thing he was just talked about. And, like, he was actually, like, um, like a local hero. Like, you know, South Bronx is right there. So, and, and Spanish Harlem, like, you know, we had, we had Cameron, like, but he was on the West Side all the time. Like, Fat Joe actually, like, came to, like, Spanish Harlem and shit like that. So, like, a lot of, you know, and then we got to remember, he went on a hiatus. He, he took three years, of, like, to, to basically, like, get pun ready. Mm-hmm. And like he like became like an executive like so he was you know being his doctor he was the Dr. Dre to to Big Pun Snoop Dogg, and excuse me like he was really really like adamant about making sure Big Pun because he knew how good he was. Mm-hmm. So then like when Pun put this project out, everybody was kind of like oh shit because everybody thought like Big, Big Fat Joe kind of retired mm-hmm. essentially or whatever like that. So him putting this project out and this this shit like this song was just played on Hot ninety seven like. Non-stop, like Angie Martinez used to make that like her her, her like waiting music. Yeah. So which, it uh, which song? It's song with Puff. Oh, adios. Yeah. yeah. So it was just something that like she would just, like you know while she's like talking or chatting or whatever like that like you know talking inside the sounds or somebody, um or DJ enough like whoever like or, or Patty Duke whoever like was DJ or the engineer working right that day that's what she would do and for me like it's funny like you know you would think like growing up like locally like you know I you would have like black heroes but like Fat Joe was our hero mm-hmm. because, like, you know, he was still, like, in the hood. He was, like, obviously nobody was going to fuck with him. And, like, you know, he was he was around. So he was, like, this larger-than-life figure. Like, think about it. Like, he like that summer, that legendary summer at the Rucker, like, he was there every fucking game. That's why it was such a big deal with him and Jay-Z. And, like, he was talking this shit the way he was. Like, Fat Joe was around, man. He was present. So for me, like, this this... And, and the fact that, like, we all knew Big Pun was the fucking elite rapper, but the fact that Fat Joe could keep up with him mm-hmm. was yeah. also, like, impressive. And it's just, like, what they did, it was just, like, it it, it brought, like, a sense of pride. Because he, because Fat Joe is, like, the, the quintessential New Yorican. Like, yeah. when, when people say a New Yorican, like, he is, he, like, that's him. And it's funny because I never knew this, but, like, him and, him and Big Pun don't speak Spanish. So like the uh, Cuban Link has an interview where he said he was making fun of Pun because he he was like you're not even in me class. He was like yo that's not even a word like that like that's not you're not even yeah. saying nothing. Spin that's, that's not clever. <laughs> you know so shit like that. But it's like you know and then like me finding out like Fat Joe's like first time going to Puerto Rico was like in his like thirties or some shit like that. Yeah, like do, do, right and it was it was during the um the earthquakes when he went out there to, like take them stuff and everything. Yeah. But like me just. Underst- like me understanding, like if someone says to me that they're New Yorican, they still have Puerto Rican heritage and pride, but that you know it doesn't it doesn't take away it doesn't make them less Puerto Rican. Like it's right, just that right, like right. they're 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 second generation, you know, um, Puerto Ricans living in America, and it's like it's people I grew up with. So it's like the same way how like there's there's black people who might like say like yo like I like I embrace black culture like I kind of embrace New Yorican culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I love my rice and beans <laughs> or roast con pollo. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there's certain things that like I just love. Listens to Mark Anthony. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just certain shit that I just like, like that that just like in my DNA. Like bodega stores are a common thing. When I when I was young and I would go to other cities, I'd be like, Yo, where's your bodega? And they'd be like, You mean the gas station? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the stop. <laughs> like that that's what will happen to me but like yeah so like when Danny said this project I was like, I, like the funny thing is is like I I listened to this project a lot so it, it, like I, I didn't have to like really like do they like take a lot of like do a lot of research and everything mm-hmm. like that like I already got my 
did you know this story for this album? I already, I'm already ready to, to debate who had the best verse on John Blaze, all that. Like, let's go. Like, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this album, you know, 15 tracks. Like, it's also the second one off of Terror Squad. There's something I want to say about this that I think um, very few artists we've seen been able to be the artist to put somebody on and been able to step out the way. A lot of times we credit like Wayne doing that for Drake and for Nicki. Mm-hmm. Fat Joe, this was a very important album for him. He took the hiatus as Tony has said. The first al- album he decided to put out on the label was the Capital Punishment Pun. Mm-hmm. That was very well received. Almost won the Grammy. Um, and then you had he decides he's gonna drop. He has most of the most of the songs are featuring somebody from Terror Squad. And yeah. he do, and he really goes hard to and even talks about it in interviews, how he had to understand he had to be the one holding the umbrella for fun. <clears throat> like he knew how to play a position that was smarter and pivotal to the team winning. And I think a lot of times uh, he caught a bad rap when we were younger. We would hear stories about Terror Squad and all this shit and uh, how how Joe was a dick and stuff. But in hindsight, when you see how everything's played out and you hear you know what's happened as it comes out over time, you realize Joe really didn't have to do half the things he did. Yeah. It's always like that. that. That's always, no, well, let me not say always, but that usually happens. Like, you know, because everybody's like jealous, like, I can do his job or I can do what he's doing. Right, but right. Fat Joe had those relationships and he was the one able to get those deals. Like, think about it. Like, he took a big pun to Steve Rifkin mm-hmm. and was like, yo, this is the greatest rapper in the world. You need to sign him. Mm-hmm. Like, he just said it like that. And I believe, I don't think Steve Rifkin heard pun rap and he just signed he him. Signed and, him and, off that. Yeah. He signed them off that. So, like, think about that. Think about a, a man that can walk you into a room and say you're the greatest at anything, and a person believe it and, and give you life changing money. And that's, and it goes a lot with the gift of gab, too, right? Like, we've seen how Joe has kind of developed his career from like being an amazing storyteller, just like off being a rapper. Him just telling stories, people can just listen to him speak all day. And I'm pretty sure he can use that type of talent to like talk his way through anything. And get people to really take him serious and listen to him. Yeah. And, like, it's so funny because it's, like, uh, everybody, like, you know, now, you know, he's Jopra. And, like, some of the stories that he tells are, like, like called into question, right? Yeah. But, like, he really is, like, the rap for his gump because he was around for so much. All right. So, I'm just going to get this out of the way because I'm so excited about it. Like, over the summer, he got in a lot of, he got a lot of backlash for talking about, like, his, uh, him record, him and Biggie recording over eight songs together mm-hmm. and everything like that. But, like, there's, there's a story that, like, a lot of people back up. Where he, him and Biggie were supposed to do a song, and Biggie, he hit Biggie up, and Biggie was like, Bet, I got you. And like, Puff, like, was like, Nah, like, nah, you can't, you can't, you can't work with Biggie. I'll, I'll give you a verse. And like, at that time, like, no, like, No Way Out wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, like, it's still being recorded, and, he, and Bad Joe was like, What? <laughs> like, like, I want, I want a, I want a song with, 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 the, the best rapper in the world, like you know, so and then Puff was like, "I got you, like I'm, you know, like let's do it." So that that's how we got Don Cartagena, and like it worked out and everything like that. So I don't know about him and Biggie recording all those tracks together, like I don't know, but like you know, also Fat Joe said that like Biggie went at at Tupac really hard, which is really funny because everyone around Biggie said that like Biggie made without his way to not this Tupac mm-hmm. and not like say a lot of vicious shit. So who knows? 
I would never call Fat Joe a liar, but I just think, like, I mean, you know, hopefully somebody can magically leak it then. I would like to hear it, but whatever. But the 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 one thing that I do know that is, like, factual is that Biggie agreed to do a song with him on this album. Puff, like, jump-stepped in and volunteered himself. I don't know why, like, I don't know if it was, like, a money thing. Like, he was like, nah, like, what I want for, like, whatever, but... I mean, it still was a good alley-oop because it was a lead single off the album. Yeah. And it worked. So, you know, but I just, like, that was just very interesting to me. Like, of a thing to do. Like, can you, like, I, like, like, he's not, he's, he, Pump Daddy and the Family is not out yet. Yeah. So yeah. I think that would, that would, that would be the most infuriating thing to me. Like, why, like, why, why do I want you on my record? Like, why didn't he, what was it? He didn't give him a reason? Well. He just did that album. He did. He was probably working on his album already. No, he was. He was. He he was working on it. But what I'm just saying is, is like, he basically said, like, now nah, you can't have Puff, but you can have me. Like, nigga, who? Like, you rap? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not really, really, really even out here yet. I mean, this fucking is, it worked. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Work. Like, because the thing, like, obviously, No Way Out came out and like it worked out. But like, this is like all they were all recording their project like. Biggie was recording Life After Death. Don Jakarta Jr. was being recorded, and 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 Noel was like in in being recorded. So it was just like, all right, like they 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 saw like what what was happening and everything like that. Like, all right, cool. Like Life After Death is a hit, and like you hear Puff on that, and then and then Puff's album comes out, and then it's like, and then Fat Joe was like, all right, let's make that the lead single because Puff is hot. But like, if I'm Fat Joe digging in the crates, I'm like, why the fuck do I want you rapping on my song? Give me Biggie, nigga, like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my, mind you, Puff wasn't even Biggie's manager. I bet you, I like, <laughs> like he didn't even have like he he, he low key didn't have the authority yeah, to say be, no. He yeah. vetoed that shit. And yeah, he heard something. If like, granted, Big Voice doing that hook would have been, yeah, would have been fire. Would have been. Fire. I would have liked to have just been all three of them, and then the fact that like Biggie and Biggie and Pun never got first. yeah yeah Biggie and Pun never got to do anything. That's unfortunate too. And like they, it's just funny because like you know also. Bad Joe telling the story about Bone Thugs and like most people like being like, nah, it didn't really happen like that. You was around, but like, I just think it's funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it it is funny, but more now because the thing is too, you hear like Joe is also the guy people go to when they leave New York. We've heard stories. Uh-huh. Um, him and Mac Ten, like you know, like like people don't notice, but like him and Mac Ten are like very close. They have a movie together. Yeah, Thicker Than Water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually love that movie. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a really big fan of that movie. Yeah, that was that whole No Limit putting out movies and then Cash Money putting out movies. Yeah, which was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I've I think it was uh, Jim Jones telling a story about when he first went to Chicago, when Dipset first went to Chicago and stuff, and. Uh, he had to reach. He reached out to Joe, and Joe made sure he was good, and and, and met with everybody he needed to meet out there. And yeah, it's smart. Like yeah. Fat Joe is just one of those people. Like, and and I just and Fat Joe's stories are hilarious. Like, uh, there's a certain artist name that like we we shouldn't talk about, but like he has like a hilarious story about when he went to Chicago to record a song with this particular um, disgraced R and B artist. And pre and like he would come out and box people and like would play his own music to come out to box people and he was knocking dudes out. <laughs> <laughs> he said he said he came out to the world's greatest and performed <laughs> and, and then and <laughs> you never heard that story. No, I never. gonna say he said that R. Kelly would have like real life boxing matches. And that R. Kelly will come out and perform a song and then get in the ring and like really like square up and like box and knock a dude out. 
Clips, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta find the yeah. I gotta find the clip for you though. Um. Okay, so this album, this album kicks off with uh with an intro that I wasn't that crazy about, but it kind of does set the palette for like the the mafioso type vibe that he's like gonna kick into. So I guess I don't mind it for that reason. But crack attack, <laughs> fire, yeah. <laughs> All rip by Les, yeah, fire. All rip. Yeah, yo, Joe really has been Joe Crack from the beginning. Like he has his his roots in graffiti, known as Crack. Mm-hmm. Joe, so when he just kicks off like that, you're like, oh, he's 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 rapping. And at the time, because I think I don't even think this is his best rapping. Uh, really? No, I think I think uh, Jealous wants to learn. Jose might be his best. I think that's his, to me that's like his best commercial. That's his best commercial album. But I think it's his most polished rapping. Okay. Is what I, mean. I will argue with you. I I I think I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm biased. Like John Cartagena. I mean Don Cartagena for me is just like to me that's I I, know, I just my favorite Joe album. But I think it's 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 his polished like like his best performance. No, I'm t- I'm telling you, I'm ignorantly standing in the fact that I think that 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 Don Cartagena is his best rapping, and he I just felt like that time off. And him coaching Pun, and like having so much feedback to give to Pun, and then seeing how talented Pun was, I think. And, and then I'll be I'll be honest with you, that's my best version of Fat Joe, okay? Because he was still scary. I agree. No, no. When when, when 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 he started doing when he when he started being big friendly fella What's and making that? yeah started making songs, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh man, I don't think Fat Joe kill me no more. But at the same time. All or nothing. All or nothing was really good rapping too. That's the drink. That's the one that had um safe to say on it with uh that just Blaze produced. Once again, back is incredible. Mm-hmm. Bro, dead on it. And that was the year of the runners. That's the same album that has uh Make It Rain, doesn't it? Uh no, that's the album. Make It Rain, I think, was loyalty. Yo, all right. I think I think people don't realize Joe could really have. Could have had a solid versus against somebody. Else. Okay, you know he could have. All right, can we agree on this? This is his best album cover, hands down. Thank you. Okay, just no. Nope, sorry, um, me myself and I would make it rain. Yeah, but um, but yes, this, this is his best album cover. Yeah, it is. It was just, it was impressive, but um, I just I just think that like he he is like his he's just like a. What, he's like a magnet in hip hop, and like everybody, like kind of like just fucks with. It's funny because uh, it's like it's like I feel like him and Nas are like one of those guys that like rappers like just want to be around them niggas and like do sh- like do, make music with them. And you know, I think that's why like uh, I think that's why him and Fifty was able to piece it up too, just because yeah. like like Joe is like you know he's thorough and you know like he's about it. So it's just like I think Fifty looked at him and was like, ah, right, you know what. And, and like you know their relationship with Chris Lighty, I think like it just made it easier for him to like make amends with him. Yeah. Fifty hold grudges to to the death. Yeah, he does. No, I think I think I think seeing Rum be able to piece it up, I think seeing him and Jay be able to piece it up has been. That was a bit, yeah, yeah. Fat Joe, I I really really like. I I'll be honest with you, I gotta tell you something. So for my birthday a couple years ago, I was at Prime One Twelve and I saw Fat Joe and I was with Sarah. And like that was like you know I'm used to seeing I I I was scared I didn't want to talk to him because I was just like 
I feel like I'm gonna say something stupid. I I didn't know what I was gonna do. So I was like, babe, like, and I was like, nah. I was like, I see him. That's all I need. Like, I I I was like, if he hurts my feelings on my birthday, like I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna do because we're in Miami and I know he got his people. <laughs> but yeah. I just did it. Like I like I'm telling you, like I don't like I can speak to like people that I really like look up to and like like and like yeah. keep my composure. I probably would have been like, fat child. <laughs> like, I didn't do it. <laughs> Good call. Good call. I now pay to see that, though. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't. I didn't have it in me to, like, maneuver that that, that situation the right way. Like, yo, if, if, oh, man, I got to push some way for you to lose a bet. I to make that happen. <laughs> um, all right. So, besides crack attack, it goes mm-hmm. into triplets, which amazing. Yeah, that's the yeah. first feature that we get from on on this album. You know, I don't think there's a single weak verse in this entire album. Maybe okay. Baltimore. I don't. You you enjoy it? I don't. I like Charlie Baltimore on there. Yeah, so, I think I don't, but I agree. I don't think there's a weak verse on here. Um, and I think all the production on here, the production on this shit. And Joe sounds there. Nothing is dropped. Like nobody drops the ball on this album, in my opinion. Yeah, it's really, really good. Great effort. Yeah. Um. Shit. Uh. Which one was it? Was it? Was it? Betcha man can't. Um, yes. Cuban link on that. Ooh. Oh my god! Like he had two verses on there. It went crazy. It's, it, that's why it's so heartbreaking about. I, I've like. I'll be honest with you. It's been so long. I don't even know what the what they. I I know Cuban Link got his face cut, but like, I don't even know what the beef is about. Um, I I don't think it's. I think that's more personal shit. That it's it's. There's always been the rumors. Of uh, okay, now you just remind me. Yeah, I'm good. We don't got to talk about it on here, yeah. but yeah, but like yeah, it's like I, I, it's 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 just like heartbreaking. Yeah. Because like you know like when with Terra like Cuban Link. He was next up, and like he could rap. Yeah, his uh album ended up getting leaked eventually. Um, twenty four carats, I mm-hmm. think is what it was called. And bro, that shit was fire. And he had a couple fire projects since. Uh, there's didn't he have a track with Fifty at one point? I'm not sure. I I'll, I'll be honest with you. Besides, like the 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 small amount of like lead tracks from that out that debut album, I haven't heard anything. I I've seen him have interviews and stuff like that. But it's just kind of like heartbreaking because, like, you know what sucks is that when, like, when when certain artists are alive and like people in like their circle, mm-hmm. like they're obviously going to be taken care of because you care about that artist, right? But like when that main person is gone, everybody expects to be treated like that person is still here, right? And unfortunately, that's not the case. So Fat Joe was just like, none of y'all are stars. Remy, I can focus on her. The rest of y'all, I'll do what I can. You know, and like they did, they put out they put out the Terror Squad album, Squad album, right? Yeah. But Cuban Link didn't make it to that. But like they did that, right? Mm-hmm. And I really think that Tony Sunshine didn't get like a full fair shake. Like I think Tony Sunshine could have like Cuban I, Link was on the Terror Squad album though. He was the first one. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking. I'm talking about oh, the yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, the I'm, one, talking, that was I'm like the, I'm talking about yeah, the, I'm talking about the one for Lee Back. The, the, okay. the one. Pump still alive for that. Yeah, album. yeah. Right, but um, yeah, like I just feel like damn, like. You know, it sucks. And I think that's kind of like where like the animosity comes from because they just like, yo, if Pum was here, you wouldn't be doing this shit. And then Fat Joe's looking at him like, you exactly. Mm-hmm. You're no, what the fuck good are you to me? If, if, you know what I'm saying? The person that 
You know, it, it's like a catch twenty two. So he was just like, all right, Remy's the only one that like like has like any value. So I'm going to make sure she good, and that's yeah. basically what he did. Like that's why they were even able to reconcile yeah. after she went to jail. I, and I think if she didn't go to jail, they might have not. I think her going to jail would, like made him have some sympathy because it's like nobody wants anybody to be in jail. Like, yeah, you know, when they when the rumors of her going to uh, G Unit were up, I was like, oh, I remember that. Like, yeah. That was hey, you know, I wanted that to happen. I thought because because I remember there was one. I think that was what it was. I think at one point there was talks of that that Fifty was about to sign Cuba Link and Remy Martin, and it was that was all out of spite. I think yeah. I, like, everybody should have known like Fifty was just going to do that 50, to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and probably fucking shelf him. Now, actually, I take that back. Fifty probably would have would have did something with him. They would they would at least got a single. I think no. I I, I don't think Fifty's taking anybody on that he's not gonna. At least try and help. It doesn't yeah. make sense for him as a businessman. Like, yeah, I, I, I get it. He doesn't do it anymore. Even him signing Mob Deep, that Blood Money album was pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think I think if Fifty can get something out of you, he'll, he'll he'll put it out. Yeah. But um, so do like, is there anything on the project? Like, I think we all like are in agreement that we like love this project. Right? Yeah. Like, is there anything on the project where you guys were like, ah, pun? No pun. I, I, my uh, one song that I'm like probably my prerogative for me. Same. Yeah, that's probably the only one. That actually is the only one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my prerogative is the only one that I, I just the chorus is just. Eh. Um. But everything else, like if you see my fucking notes on this album, is just flame emoji, flame emoji. Um. For for almost all the songs, and then everything that I wrote, like I kind of put um. I put a lot of emphasis on the production and just Fat Joe's voice. Like he just sounds great on all of these songs. Yeah. It's the Bronx. Yeah. Like when I think of of anything Bronx, that's the voice I think of. You wanna know what I love about Puerto Ricans? I love the fact I'm just being honest with <laughs> you. Yeah. Uh New York Puerto Ricans. What I love about New York Puerto Ricans is that like they're Puerto Rican, right? But they kinda have like a, it's like a, a blend of Italian and their accent and the way that they pronounce things. And it's like only New York Puerto Ricans have that. If you meet a Puerto Rican from somewhere else, they don't have that shit. And I and it's really funny to me that it happens that way. Cause like I thought it was only an uptown thing until I, I ventured out and met Puerto Ricans from Brooklyn. And and their and their Italian accent is even harder. Sometimes you can mistake some of them for it. I just like it because like I love like mobster films and shit like that. Yeah, it's a no, very interesting thing. I don't think I've met Puerto Ricans from anywhere else but New York. Yeah, we we only go New York. Philly, Miami. Miami. If you go, if you go to Florida, you'll, you'll find some. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like they along the East Coast and stuff like that. But yeah, like um, you gotta be careful for Miami. So I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, <laughs> it's just it, it's just like a very like like very like interesting like endearing thing or whatever like that. Like you know, like I I, I date a Puerto Rican woman now. Like I I, I love Puerto Ricans. <laughs> like I'm an honorary Puerto Rican. Like I, I get that. Like you know what I'm saying. So I I just think that uh, I think there's a the time. I think this is um post. I think that's also the reason why this album did um, not necessarily um, get through everything going on. I think uh, the mafioso aspect was done was being done by a bunch of other yeah, people. like I yeah, because Jay a little bit I big, big Jay Z and and um and, and, and um yeah and, and Raekwon. Mm-hmm, yeah. So they like those three were already doing it. Nas with Esco, right? Yeah, and so. But the funny thing is, it's like probably the, the most <laughs> authentic to it was was Fat Joe. I mean, yeah, you got like Joe is really the person that like people hold him to be. 
than hip hop. He's been stand up for every person. Right. He he can walk in a certain room. It's just like he just carries like a certain amount of respect. And I just really think that this project, like if somebody asks me, like, yo, I want to listen to Fadjo, I'm going to tell him to listen to Don Cartagena. Like yeah. it tells you everything you need to know about yeah. Joe. Um, it also gives you like a certain like feel for like what New York felt like. Like if somebody yeah. if somebody would have asked me, like, yo, like there's certain like albums, I'm gonna say like Mob Deep Hell on Earth. Like there's certain albums that are like obvious, like that have become like bigger than New York, That's but it. then there are certain that like like I can make you, I can try to take you back to what it felt like for me, getting out of my elementary school, PS eighty three, going to get a slice of pizza, going going with my friends to like you know what I'm saying like go to the Chinese store and get a and get a um iced tea, uh, iced tea from the Chinese store, mm-hmm. and like just being in the neighborhood and hearing cars riding down the street. And like what what the music sounded like in the in my atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that that's what it brings back. This is one of those albums that I remember my, my older brother, like he's ten years older than me, so he'd be picking me up when I'm in like elementary school and then and I think I was fifth grade and shit, and just blasting that shit and all the other kids looking at me and then my brother just pulls out and like I just felt cool and everything with all this and, and getting out and just getting picked up every day by my brother was crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. it was it was really significant to me, and it's funny because, like, my stepdad, he listened to hip hop, but he was a jazz like he was a jazz guy, so he was like very mature. Like, there's there's like there's certain albums that he listened to, and I realized why. So he he loved it was written, he loved all eyes on me, he loved Don Cartagena, like he had these like in his rotation and shit like that, and I'm and like all of them kind of have like a, a certain kind of like luxury. Built to them. Reasonable doubt was also like one of like like so he kind of like it, it, like they were talking about shit that like he knew about like you know he had a Rolex like you know what I'm saying like he traveled to like all like these different places and everything like that he wore the clothes that they was talking about and like he was a street nigga that you know understood like the levels of like elevating out of the street but like he could relate so I'm like damn like he, he these projects like he loved and like I like loved them as an adult. Now I'm like damn like it was just really significant. So it's like something that like I always remember like and the, the, those like all his shit was just all jazz. But like those rap albums he had. Yeah, those, yeah. yeah. For me, um like I didn't really start paying attention to Fat Joe until like the early two thousands as like a as a rapper. That makes and sense. Then I went back. But like in this time frame, '98 was all about big puns. Like, yeah, you're right. For me, um, but I always knew Fat Joe. Like he was like one of those figures that crossed over and was just like larger mm-hmm. than life. And he was affiliated with Joe. But then obviously, like as years went on, I knew about the inner workings of how we even got, you know, big pun and how and Joe's Joe's relation to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it wasn't like he wasn't he wasn't attached to like. The essential rap albums that I had to listen to, at least start now. And, and I don't, I don't think that he is. I think that he's looked at as like an elder statesman in hip hop, or like a re- well respected figure. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I think that for um, like, all right, like you split time between here and Detroit, like it, but, but it makes sense. Like me knowing you so well, right? Like your, your, uh, your, your like, uh, your, your own relationship with hip hop started with 97, 90, 90, 90. 90. Yeah, like I would say early nineties, like I always say MC Hammer and people laugh. But yeah. like MC Hammer and then I went to Cameroon, came back, so like ninety six, I would say. Okay, like ninety six. So yeah. if you think about it in ninety six, like written. he was like, you know, so like Fat Joe was like quiet. 
like because he was pushing puns. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that like in the two thousands is when you became like fully familiar and everything like that because yeah. it's just like you just like if, if you're like back and forth, you're like all right, like who's on TV? So who's on the countdown and stuff like that? Yeah. And it was like he, you knew like oh that's he be with big pun mm-hmm. like he's big pun you know so yeah it's just one of those things like that it make to me like that makes sense like that doesn't sound far fetched. Now the, back then was the you know the Def Jam album that dropped so you get to see the calendar uh-huh. and, the, and the thing and then you saw Capital Punishment was coming out so mm-hmm. it was like. Who's, who's big pun and then my brother would put me on yeah you know i get it yeah like it just it was just like an exciting thing whatever like that like it, it like to me it was exciting like seeing big pun like perform at a wwe event that shit was fucking amazing oh yeah mm-hmm. was, you know man like he was great bro like you know um there's a there's a story about pun that he told that i think is the craziest thing ever so apparently uh dr dre and snoop dogg will perform a deep cover and Fat Joe was in LA and Big Pun was in Vegas. And Fat Joe was like, yo, get over here. Like, they're going to wait for you to perform. And they said that, that, like, Big Pun just couldn't get from the crap tables. Mind you, it's a four hour drive. So I'm just like, what the fuck was he waiting for? Like, I, I, I need to know, like, the time. I'm like, do you mean to tell me, like, he's, like, they on the stage performing and, like, they were going to wait four hours for him? Like, was this early in the day and, like, Big Pun d- yeah. d- d- didn't leave? I just think that's supposed to be really good. Like, like, how do you miss an iconic moment like that? That's so infuriating. <laughs> And you're blowing, and you kind of blew up off of doing that uh, cover. Yes, yeah. like it's just like it's like that, like that, like the thing that made your career. Like you don't give a fuck about, bro. Like what? Like that's one how much he wanted. He was up at that time. Yeah, like I'm like yo, he either had to be up or he had to be crazy down <laughs> and was just trying to get back even or something. <laughs> like that is insane to me. Like make this it, it, it's also really funny to me when I hear about other rappers like not like jumping when they hear things like that. Like, hey, Dr. Dre wants you to perform with him on stage, and you're just like, I'm at the crap tables right now. Yeah, tell him to wait. <laughs> what? But I think for for him, like he's used to people waiting on him anyway because he's this really big guy. So like, you gotta like just wait for when he wants to make moves. I get it. I, I think he was just accustomed to that. Yeah, I I get it. I guess for me, I just can't. I just, I just can't fathom. I don't, yeah. And maybe like, who knows? Maybe I get money and I just turn into a different person. Like, hey, Jay Z's waiting for you. Tell him to wait. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll change. But like, I just feel like that's some shit. You just be like, take the five. Yeah, yeah. Like you just stop everything. You just be like, like. So I don't know. Yeah. Nah, I get it a little bit. But um, but I think. As far as songs that I don't fuck with on this album, I think my prerogative is the only one that I'm on the fence about. And then um, Good Times, Don't Kill Me, but the chorus, I'm not really that big of a fan of. That's the joint with Lazy Bone and Crazy Bone. I actually really like that. You like the chorus? Yeah, I like the chorus. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think it fit this song that well for me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like it either. It's, 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 I usually never get to it. It's no, yeah. it's no Young Thug Good Times, but I, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, it's no Young <laughs> Um, is that Jamie XX? Yeah. Um, but yes. So overall, this album, I it was a very pleasant listen for me. It was very very fun to to revisit this one. What I'm glad you, I was worried. Standout songs. Yeah. What are your standout? My standout. Okay. Let's get to it. So um, that gangster shit produced by DJ Premier is fire. Um, what else do I have here? I have. Oh man. Um. The Hidden Hand. Hidden Hand, okay. Yeah, The Hidden Hand with, with all the uh, Terror Squad. That production on that, and they all just really brought their A-game. Um, shit, man. Of course, John Blaze. 
John Blaze, and of course we're we're probably gonna get we're gonna get to that, right? Yes. So yeah, I'll 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 name those as my top three. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll list my so misery needs company is like one of my favorite like tracks. Oh yeah, that, and like yeah. I really like yeah. Minority. Yeah. Obviously, obviously Don Cartagena. Obviously, your man can't do it like me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and John and like and John Blaze, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But like my world with Big Pun. Is my shit as well on this project. Yeah. Like, I just really, I, I, I can't say enough. Danny, go ahead. Um, Don Carter, Gina. Um, I really love Diddy. The the contrast between him and Diddy's voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my world. Um, your man can't. I just remember b- the video being on uh, BT all the time mm-hmm. when it was out. Um, and obviously. Yeah. yeah, who had the best verse? Okay. Um, for me, Rayquan had the best verse on this. Sam, I agree. No, that's just uh, Ray, because Ray is just like a fucking. You're already in the cloud from from hearing the other three, and then Nas comes in so fucking smooth. And you know, you know, that that's what it's between. It's between them two for me. Like I was kind of um, like Nas is is my second favorite rapper of all time. Yeah, I would. So it's hard for me to be like, damn, I'm down. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just one of those I don't things. Think I knew that was your second favorite rapper. Yeah, I never. I I would never guess that. Yeah. But um, for me, like the big the big deal is is that like. For posse cuts, like John Blaze, like has to be like always like mentioned in that in that conversation of posse cuts, and I'm just like, damn, like this is up there with like Fantastic Four, Liquid Swords, like the fucking Symphony mm-hmm. by the Juice Crew, like you know what I'm saying? Like this is like a like John Blaze is like a posse cut that like holds weight, like 24 hours to live, like you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. so, I'm just like, damn, like these are all. Rappers are all at their, their like you know like really like steel is start sharpening steel right here. Yeah, and like they got in the studio and like did this shit. Like I love I love how Big Ghostface tells a story about this. Yeah. This on being recorded. I I gotta find that blog. Like I I read it once. That sh- that that shit. I I miss that shit sometimes. He does production now, doesn't he? Yo, and it's immaculate. Yeah, yeah. immaculate. I heard his projects with Kanye. Yeah, yeah, that was a big Ghostface. Yeah. Yes, sir. I still don't know what the fuck he looks like. Yeah, we don't. I like that. Yeah. yeah, remember we thought he was Donald Glover for a Yeah. <laughs> Forgot who was convincing me that. Probably Fields. <laughs> Sounds like Sounds like what shit he was saying. Yeah. But um, but yes, uh, let's get to these ratings. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm. I can go first. Off yeah. rip. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it the same amount that Source gave it. I remember when I read it. I'm gonna give it four waffles out of five. Mm-hmm. That's that's that. And the Source gave it four mics. Um, I dev- I think that this project was solid, and then f- to be so good and to come out of the the year that that all those albums that came out in ninety eight. Mm-hmm. So I was just yeah. like, you can't you can't knock that. And yeah. he he held his own, and he was able to show that like, yes, Pun is one of the greatest rappers ever, but like I I can hold my own too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that was impressive. That was that I yeah I think his ability to wanna his not ability to just say. The way he pushed his crew on this and made sure they were all getting some sort of shine for part, Armageddon had his own song. Like, it's just, 
very telling to see why he's here now and, under, and understood how to play the game in the long run. Yeah. And Joe, this is definitely a four out of five. I'd agree, actually. A four all across the board. I think this album, um, like I said earlier, it really reminded me about Fat Joe's Ear for Music. It's not that like I slept on it in any way, but it was like a fresh reminder. Like it was like, you know, because I haven't heard Joe tapped in and do... Well, no, I take that back. He released a mixtape, I want to say, like, last year. That was really, really, really fucking good. And all of it got taken off of, um, off of like, Apple Music because it had... It was, like, very sample-heavy. Mm-hmm. He, he made, like, a... He, he, made, a, he, did, he made a mixtape. Yeah, he made a mixtape. Traditional. And, um, and he put it on there, and he used a lot of samples that just weren't cleared, and he wasn't supposed to do that, so they just took the whole shit down. But it was really fucking impressive. Um, and every now and then, and I like that from Joe. Like he gets in these pockets where he really just reminds people that um, of the cloth he came from. Like he can really still rap. He's not in this type of bag no more. Not from '98. You know, you can imagine he's not really in that era anymore. But this album was a fresh reminder for me about like why he is where he is and like where he came from. And and all the the production, the features. All the layers that they help add to this album, like not a verse was not a verse was missed. Everybody clocked in. Yeah, and it, this is around the time I, I think when they um, this album is also a, very, a big chip on Terror Squad's shoulder after shoulder after losing the Grammy. Mm-hmm. And like, nah, we're gonna get the respect. And I think they with this one they really like, no, we're we're going harder with this. Yeah, one. they took it there. Um, they took it there for real. So like, I I would say you know. For you guys, for the watchers that um that might not even be familiar with Fat Joe's work, because we do have a lot of younger listeners too, um, I would highly recommend starting off like with like what Torian said, like if you're looking for an introduction to Fat Joe or the rapper, this is the one. It works. Um, yeah, this one, this one is the one that'll show you why he is where he is. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Torian B. We out of here, guys. Catch you next time. And-